0: We continue on with this study and this series on health checkup for PBF, Parkside Bible Fellowship. And our concern here today is how the church maintains good health. How the church maintains good health. I want you to think with me for a second here about what we say is our church. Our church. I've been here now for approximately 15 years, and on most, in most ways, that just seems like it's gone so fast. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing or what, but it, um, it's been 15 years. I want to ask you something. Where will we be in 15 more years? What are we going to be like in 15 more years from now? What will we be like? I hope that's a a concern to your heart. It is to mine. um, Especially if we don't see uh, more of a childrens and youth uh, you know uprising if you will you know more children and youth uh, you know i didn't even realize you know we had the iwana games here this this uh yesterday in the, in the iwana competition it is wonderful to see our our kids up here and and involved in that way um you know we could talk about uh being a church that has a lot of activities and um you know that's that's good, but that's not the target that we need to be aiming for. Uh, to be a church with lots of activities is one thing, but we've got to be a church that is on target with what God's laid out. And activity is not the 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 bullseye. Okay. And there's a lot of people, and I'm not saying right here in this room, but just overall, there's a lot of people that just figure you go to a church and you look for a church that's got good activities and a lot of things going on, and that's the place to be. And I beg to differ. I think the word of God begs to differ. (laughs) Um... Right now, we've got a lot of things happening, a lot of things going on. But if we were to stop some of those things and stop some of the activities going on, would we be a church that's growing and living and and moving or would we be a dying church? I want to challenge you about this, young people and old, because it's something that I can't do on my own, uh, nor can uh, our staff do it on our own, nor can uh, Dale Young and Bill Christoph and Woody Swenson as the elders do it on our own. We can't do it on our own. It is a, a great concern. And every time every time you and I hear of someone who's, you know, here we go, uh, uh, Diane Lowry, you know, has cancer. Uh, uh, Dale Keller is wrestling with cancer and fighting it. And others, you know, our own daughter, uh, so there's a there's a connection that we can make with with the concern that God has for his church. And it's this, are you know, are we a healthy church? And it doesn't we don't grade that on how busy and active we are. It's good that we have programs. I'm I'm really grateful, you know, that you know, we see here's the, the, the Boy Scouts. You know, it's something that um, is not so directly associated with our church, but it's a, an outreach, so to speak. We, we sponsor the guys and, and they open, we open up the Fellowship Hall for them. They have their time in there. And it does serve for, it's a great program, you know. Um, getting another pastor on staff. That's what you know. We're we're looking for in regards to the youth, the youth ministry. We'd like to add another person on staff. And if we get a, a you know a guy that just all of a sudden goes at it and all these programs and all this stuff for the youth, that that's great. That's fine. But that doesn't make us a mature, healthy church necessarily. Okay. And so, what we come to here this morning, I, um, I. I guess I get too much going on in my mind during the week, and you know sitting around in San Francisco and reading, you know you you know and I come on a Sunday morning and I go, "Here's a big mental dump on you, <laughs> all these thoughts that I have, and um, if we could keep it simple, okay. Because in my mind, I can make things so complicated and I can try to communicate it to my wife and she's looking like, what? <laughs> what are you saying? There's an example. And all you Green Bay Packer fans, listen up. All next year. There's always next year. But Green Bay Packer fans... It had to have been back in the 60s because this coach was still coaching the great Vince Lombardi. And uh, they got their tails whipped in a certain game. I don't know which game, but they got whooped. And the next practice session they gathered at, Coach Lombardi, you know, a brilliant football mind and man and motivator, f- tried to figure out, you know, what do we do? How do we, how do we get this going? And so he stands before his giant football players and he holds up a football. And he says, men, this is a football. And one of the guys on the team that knew exactly where he was going said, wait a minute, coach, hold on, you're going too fast. (laughs) And we relate that little story to our church. Our church and and the church at large. All too often, uh, we can overcomplicate the issue. And I don't want to, I don't want to um, be someone you know in leadership where and and we have. We have missed the mark, so to speak. I know. I know everyone sins. I know no one's perfect. I know no church is perfect. Okay. Said, with that being said, we still need to, to aim high. We still need to aim to to Jesus Christ, the head of the body, the church. And so, how does a church maintain its good health status? It's to me. It's it, you know, the more simple we keep it, the better. And so we we turn to Matthew 28. Matthew 28 in your Bible. Now we would tend to think, well, this is more towards individuals. Jesus speaking to his disciples. But as we follow the the time uh, sequence of everything, we realize, you know what? Here's what the church needs to hold on to and and, and use as this is the target, this is the this is the way we go about it right here. Matthew twenty eight, verse eighteen. Follow along, please. And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. This is what we need to um, stand on. This is what we need to work off of. This is what we need to have all of our ministries kind of funnel through. Everything. It ought to be running right through this passage. Everything about us, everything you know, our time—is uh, it this Friday night? The the get together, the movie and the pizza, you know, you know, and and that kind of a time. If if we do those kind of things all the time and don't invite people in, what are we doing? What are we doing? I'm I'm all for this type of a, a, a get-together. I'm all for it. And yet, how often is it that someone might drift in and be a part of it and doesn't know Jesus and never hears about Jesus, but they came to some type of you know, get-together? That's my concern. I, I want it where our programs as enjoyable as they are to us, that they're still outreaches to people that don't know Christ. I am I am I'm really guilty of being someone that just wants to huddle up with my buddies and my friends. You know, isn't it comfortable? And we can talk about the things, you know, we want to talk about. And, you know, yeah, there's things that we need to pray about with each other and for each other. But it's still us and, and we get to kind of hug each other and, and huddle up with each other, you know. And again, I, I, I want to be careful. That is a part of church, right? Yes, that's a part of church, but that's not the extent of church. And that's my concern. And so the Great Commission passage is one that we we need to uh, know it and then utilize it every turn that we have in, in our lives and in our church family, okay? So how the church maintains good health? Number one, begins at the place of honor, okay? It begins at the place of honor. Boy Scouts, when you gather together, what's one of the first things you do? You stand up and you give a pledge to the, to the flag, right? I think you do that at some point. You still do that, right? (laughs) Okay, that's a a place of honor that they're, they're coming before. And for the church, we begin at the place of honor. What is that? Verse 18. All authority has been given to me. All authority has been given to me. Christians, how do we treat that? How do we handle that? Really? Is, is That's supposed to be a challenge to us. I, I don't think Jesus intended it to be a challenge, but, the, but because of how things have gone in the, in the years of the church, things have shifted in such a way that it's like, well, I'm a Christian, but that thing of obedience, eh, you know, no big deal. I mean, I, I'm forgiven, right? It's about grace, right? Yes, yes. But that doesn't give you license to do whatever you want to do and live however you want to live. Right? Jesus is Lord, and he says here, all authority has been given to me. So letter A is, here's the reason why he can say that. Here's the reason. Because of one thing, the resurrection. Period. Right there. Bingo. The resurrection has brought that about. Romans chapter 1, verse 4 tells us that. Okay? And 1 John chapter 3 verse 8 says, The Son of God appeared to destroy the works of the devil. Do do you like that? I like that. The Son of God appeared to destroy the works of the devil. Okay? And Romans 1 4 says that He was declared the Son of God with power by the resurrection from the dead. It's because of His resurrection. Now, it's official. It always was this way, by the way. He has always been God, Jesus. He's always been God. But now because of the resurrection, it's official. It's like, there it is for all to see. He's got all authority, all authority in heaven and on earth. And that's the reality. That's letter B. The reality is in heaven. How do we know that he has all that authority in heaven? The testimony of scripture is pointing to that. It's the testimony of scripture over and over and over again. You take Ephesians chapter 1, and what does it say? To the praise of His glorious grace. To the praise of His glory. Over and over and over again. What does it say in Revelation? The book of Revelation is talking about worthy is the Lamb who is slain. Worthy is the one who opens the scrolls. Worthy is He. He's the only one that is worthy. Okay? So in heaven, it's, it's clear, right? But then He says, all authority is given to me in heaven and on earth. And we say, well, that and that's kind of far off. No, no. In earth, it's evidenced through the obvious. Listen, his authority is evident on earth. And it's mainly when, number one, Christians obey and obey Christ as Lord in their lives. And two, when the world rebels against God. When the world rebels against God, there's proof. They don't want to submit to his authority. And so that becomes a, a premium for you and I. It, it has to come back to that. Am I obeying? Are you obeying the Lord? Okay. And, and some of you skeptics. Yeah, sure. There's times where there's disobedience. There's people that truly just turn and say, I know I'm not going to do what the Lord tells me to. And they rebel in that way. Well, God's going to deal with them. Hebrews chapter 12, as sons, he will discipline those whom he, what? Loves. Okay? But the reality of his authority is there. Um, Let me have you take a quick look. You can leave a marker there in, in Matthew 28 and turn back to Matthew 13. And here's where it's instigated. Here's where this whole thing, the the, the business of rebellion, it's, it's instigated here in a couple of examples here in Matthew 13. First one is in verse... 3 Matthew 13 verse 3 and he spoke many things to them in parables who's that to the disciples and the people he he wanted to tell them these stories there there's these parables and he's saying behold the sower went out to sow and as he sowed some seeds fell by the roadside and the birds came and ate them up okay who are the birds <laughs> you know it's not some rock and roll group it's uh you know It's a representation of the enemy, the enemy, the enemy comes and swipes away, steals away the seeds and the seeds were sown there so that the word might bear fruit. And so the birds are constantly looking these birds, the enemy of God and his, his uh, forces, he would steal away the seed of the word of God. And it's that thing we say, it, you know, it's like sometimes the, the, the word goes in one ear and out the other and we don't hold on to it. It's important that we are hearing the word of God so that we can grow in likeness to the Savior, in likeness to Jesus. So it's out there, the, the stealing is going on, the stealing and the grabbing away of the word of God. Okay. And also in Matthew 13... Look down now at 20, verse 24. He, he presented another parable saying, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field, but while men, went, while men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed tares also among the wheat and went away. There's act, the enemy is active. The enemy is active. And we can't ignore him but on the other hand, we can't overemphasize him either. We don't want to do either of those extremes. We, we, we need to understand what the enemy is doing. And so what this does is this brings about this, this conflict. You know it. If you've been a Christian any length of time, you understand. Here's the battle that's going on. The enemy, Satan, has been defeated. Thank you. The enemy has been defeated, but the enemy still struggles and still wants to roam around and do what he can to deceive and to counterfeit, okay? So we, we have to understand the reality of his authority on earth, okay? He's got all authority because Satan can't do anything on, of his own accord God's, God's a sovereign God. God is a sovereign God. So the, the, the tragedies that happened, what happened in Haiti? That didn't move God off of his throne one bit. God's heart of compassion, I'm sure it, it hurts you know, seeing so many suffer and die. But the, but the tragedy didn't shake God's confidence or whatever God's sovereignty one bit. God is still sovereign. And the the personal experiences that you and I face, same thing. God's still sovereign. And we need to say that to ourselves. If you're His child through faith in Christ, you can have great confidence that nothing that happens to you is going to be for your damage, but it's for your growth and for your building up. God knows the things that are going on. The things that happen to you have passed through His hands. As we say it that way. If we could say it that way. Okay? And as we... You know, I, I've mentioned it before. I, I wish that... You know, Noreen and I have said this many times. How often we would just take that disease from our daughter. You know? There's something going on. Something bigger. Sarah is God's child through faith in Christ. You know... Your situation, same thing. God's sovereign; He's got all authority. Praise God! He's got all authority in heaven and earth. Okay, so that's that's where we start. You know, we begin at the place of honor, where is that? The sovereignty of God; that He's in control. Amen. Number two um, obeys uh, uh, the, to maintain good health. The church obeys His action, His plan of action. The church obeys his plan of action. Okay? Now, this is the Great Commission. You Go back to Matthew 28. After he said what he said in verse 18, he continues on saying, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Now, um, this is what I was talking about earlier. We can complicate things in, in the church. By saying, well, we're going to do this and this and this and this and this. And there's nothing that ties them together. It just feels like it's, it's a big, huge, good old Lutheran smorgasbord of programs out there. You know, all sorts of stuff. But what is it that ties it together? This is what ties it together. The plan of action is the gospel. I've, I've talked about the gospel in the past. Here it is. And so letter A is the essence. The essence of the plan of action the essence of the plan of action simply stated is to make disciples in your bulletin there is a definition of to make disciples okay and uh, you can read that um, and, and look that over basically simply stated it means to make someone into a learner or follower of jesus christ uh, what we read here in matthew 28 19 through 20 is very simple and clear to make disciples. And there's only one command in the verse. Only one. It's to make disciples. The other statements there are like extras added on. Baptizing them is not a command. Okay, it's a participle. Same thing with Uh, and teaching them to observe all that I command you, that teaching, that's a participle also. It's not in a command form. Go and make disciples is. And a disciple will be baptized and will undergo teaching. Okay? So we'll get to that. So that's the issue of keeping things simple. Here's my concern. Some experience that you have seen and witnessed and that I've seen, and that's this. The emphasis of uh, of where a church and typically this is more in the past where uh, we've seen it in, in our past years in church where decision making was the emphasis. Decision making was the emphasis, and as long as we get people just to make a decision, wow, that's exciting, and that's it's like well that's all we need to worry about. Hey, we got we got a guy that you know profess christ and uh you remember the old register on the wall you know it it, numbers that came to christ numbers that were baptized you and we advertised it on the wall up there you remember you do remember that yeah (laughs) and it it, the the, it's very subtle folks it's very subtle where it just kind of moves into that direction that well Good to hear another one made a decision and another one made a decision to follow Christ and great. But what's the church supposed to be doing? Counting how many have made a decision? He doesn't say that here. I know there's a lot of things he doesn't say, but what he does say is make disciples. Make disciples. Okay, so everyone look here. Are you A disciple. Are you a disciple? Are you following Jesus in your life? Okay. That needs to settle. That needs to sink in. Because I know me. I could sit there and say, oh yeah, 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 yeah. And then I get carried off on my busy little way. And I end up, I, I mentioned it to the students this morning. You know, Jesus said, I'm the vine and you are the branches. Abide in me, for apart from me you can do nothing. And I said, you know, wouldn't it be funny if you saw a little, you know, vine branch running around, you know, uh, by itself on its own agenda. And we laugh at that and think, no, you, you know, we don't see that kind of thing. But that's what Christians do. Christians try and do their own little thing a lot, all too often, and so he's saying to be known as a disciple, you're abiding in the vine, and that's the only way that the the juices flow, and that's the only way that fruit is produced when there's a connection, and that's why he keeps saying he said it over and over in John 15, abide in me. Okay, it's just the church and I. I am guilty in this, in this regard of trying to emphasize getting a decision or trying to emphasize adding Jesus to your life. It sounds, you know, some, some of the language sounds fine, but when we get down to it, the, the individual that we're talking to might just think like, you know, it's kind of like the Boy Scouts. They got an extra patch now because they went to church. Does that make you right with God? Not necessarily. Not necessarily. But sometimes Christians, you know, approach it like, I've got another little patch and it's Jesus. I'm, I'm glad to be, you know, a Christian. And the, the, it's, it's kind of shallow thinking about what it means to be a Christian. So it's not a matter of just mental assent. I can figure this out and my mind, and with my mind, I can grab a hold of it and say, okay, it's, it's about belief in Jesus but it doesn't go. It it's not just about mental assent. It's that your will would be attacked, if you will. Your your will would be taken over. Your will would be his will. Um, in the past we used to mention it like you know somebody's got their fire insurance, right? You remember that kind of a lingo. Uh, I got my fire insurance, in meaning they, they're out of, they got their get out of hell ticket, and that's the that's the kind of thinking that we have in some respects in regards to salvation. I, you know, I got my fire insurance. No, it's not just a matter of getting an eternal destination address change, right? Salvation is not uh, like signing up for life insurance policy. You know all sorts of ways that we can get at the the bottom of this. Where's the mention of of the concern over sin and the need for a savior, and thus the response of people in repentance? Where is that? And is there a concern if you 're a christian, if you say yeah i 'm a follower of jesus where 's the life transformation going on is there and i I understand i 'm talking to a crowd here i, I don 't want to you know imply like nothing 's happening. I know that life transformation is happening, but I want to challenge all of you in the in this hearing this morning that if you 're not if you're one of those that just kind of thinks like, I, I'm, uh, I got my address changed, I'm going to heaven and no worries about how I live. I want to challenge you about then what in the world is Jesus called Lord for? He wants to bring about a life change, a transformation in your life. Okay. You know, the, the church must continue looking at and lining itself up with this, this passage, uh, you know, here, the Great Commission passage. We've got to keep coming back to this. Jesus said, go and make disciples. And maybe the reason churches don't keep growing is due to following some other directive, right? Going after some other goal. You know, I, I, I want to challenge you. If, if you think that you're a part of this group that would be just... You're, you've mentally ascended to this uh, concept of Jesus being the Lord. I want to ask you to you know, go beyond just the mental uh, workings there. So that your life is changed. So. Christ made disciples. Disciples. That was his strategy. He made it clear that that's the way we're to go. Go and make disciples. And and the pattern is there with Christ. Reading the the Gospels, reading them, just, you know, in a here's one chapter today, here's another chapter tomorrow, and keep reading through the Gospels and looking at how Christ led those disciples, how Christ taught them. Those disciples, how Christ loved those disciples, how Christ lived before them, and so they are to do likewise. You know, yeah, Christ was perfect, but you and I, we've got the we've got the pattern to be able to follow here. So, uh, I know that we can easily drift off target, and. I'll just speak personally here, okay? I can drift off target by neglecting his command. The more I neglect his commands, the more I drift off target. And that's what gets so subtle and so um, sneaky, if you will. And then we start saying, and here's this happening at church, and here's this happening at church, and we confuse activity for obedience. We confuse, here's a lot of programs for spiritual fruit. Now, I can speak for the elders here this morning as the leaders. You know, we are not opposed to programs in the church. We're not opposed to that. But the programs need to be growing up and out of this directive of the Great Commission. Make disciples. Okay? And so... Through this, over time, I hope that we can see this developed more and more. And so that what, um, what whoever looks in and says, I want to check out a, a church in Fallon. And they come and they look and they observe uh, Parkside Bible Fellowship. What I hope that they will see is, and, and we are known... We are known for our love for one another, folks. Let's keep that going. Let's stimulate one another to love and good works. Keep that going. Let's continue to rally around people in that way, in that regard. But also the the perception that Parkside is just, you know, this country club kind of feel. We got a country club here. That ought to concern us. We ought to, you know, be mindful of how, how can we be reaching out and I'm not suggesting that, you know, the elders have to get together with the deacons and, and come up with all these programs. You know, I, I'm, we can't do that necessarily, but we eventually want to see more uh, opportunities come up for believers within our church to be reaching out into this community. Okay. And we've had guys, you know, suggest it and talk to us about it. And then I feel like, you know, we end up in failures because we never get back around to it or something. And, you know, it's just, here's another thing that comes up and another thing. Uh, and you feel like that guy with all the plates, you know, spinning the plates, you know. I, not just me, but others of, and not just the elders, many of you in ministry, you know, you're serving and trying to help out. What will we look like in the next 15 years? What is it going to be? So, the essence of this plan of action under point number two is go and make disciples. If you are saying, I, that's, yes, I want that. We want to help you in doing that. We want to help. You know, we want to be a church that has some resources that we can. You know, pass along that helps you do the job that Jesus calls you to do: make disciples. Okay. Um, letter B on the back of your bulletin or the back of the outline, real quickly here, is the extent, and that He just says, you know, to all nations, and that's why we have this, uh, that's why we have missionaries. So we're supporting missionaries, but that doesn't mean that the the job's done and, and we don't have to worry about it. I've talked to um, at least one person, maybe there's a couple others, but one I know who wants to eventually be sent, you know, for a a short-term trip to like uh, one of our missionaries on the field. And like that, that would be so great to send one of you, you know, to go and help with uh, Steve and Jennifer Bauman or uh, Andy and Catherine Horde in, in Turkey, you know, uh, Stephanie and Brennan Beheimer in Krasnodar. I mean, somehow to be able to build that up, that here's 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 a program, here's a project, let's go. Oof. Send them off for a, a couple, like a month or something. And come back and give a report. Those kinds of things, that's what we want to help with. We want to have a better base of training here. You men, you, you go... Here's, you know, turn around and go to work again. You go to work again and, and on it goes. And being able to somehow provide more and, uh, and a better uh, way of training men in the gospel, in, in the things of God, in theology, you know, things like that. We want, you know, we're, we're not doing that as much. We've got a, we've got a men's Bible study. Uh, Richard Dooley leads it Monday nights. That's been consistent. That's been a you know a consistent pattern for the guys that are attending that. Uh, we've got our second Saturday on uh, the second Saturday of the month, you know, to share guys having their, their sharing their testimonies, so that that might stir up other men to go and share their their faith with other men in the community. Rick Martin shared his testimony yesterday. And a name kept popping up of a guy that was very instrumental, you know, that helped Rick and then others come to know Christ. Andy, what was his name again? Battle? Alan Battle. Okay? Some of you, yeah, you you, you remember him. And you know what? We just, we don't want to complicate it. It's just a matter of simply going after it and saying, here's... Here's a football. And this is the game. Let's go. Okay. Let me, we'll have to pick it up next week. Um, I've got too much (laughs) on this list here. I do want to close with this challenge to you. I want to close with this. Um, This summarizes what our concern ought to be. It's an illustration of what we must be concerned about and what we've got to stay alert to. If you could picture in your mind an ocean coast area that was uh, full of rocks you know, coming up out of the water and plus it was you know, deep water, stormy area. there's a very, very strong and stable uh, pier or or dock. I I always called it dock, being from Minnesota, you know. Get out in the dock, okay. And out in this dock, there's all sorts of equipment. And and tied up to the dock, there are rescue boats. Because the area is just such a, a dangerous area that many of the the, the people in boats have crashed and, and now, you know, there's an, a rescue going on to save people that are, you know, in the water. And these people that are in the water just keep getting hit by the waves. And that dock has seen its years with all the, you know, the life-saving equipment on it. And uh, it might be that you're tracking with me, and you realize that the dock has slowly transformed into an into a area where they now have sunshades over the tables, and they, they have vendors with the you know the, the lemonade and the tea drinks that they walk around on the dock and and they're offering drinks to the people that now, that now can sit on the lounge chairs out in the dock and Even the equipment has been taken and kind of put up on some of the sides, you know, saying, you know, here's some of this, you know, wonderful equipment that, you know, we can remember. And yet there's still souls and and bodies in the water. They're drowning. And I do want to pull at your emotions. I do. I need my emotions pulled at. Because all too often uh, we, can, we can just kind of push things away just to, you know, keep us in that comfort zone. And all too often I've missed out on opportunities to share my faith. Or missed, that's not the way, to, I, I even said it in a comfortable way there. I've missed opportunities. I've neglected opportunities. How? How are we going to maintain church health? It's by obeying the Lord's command. Go and make disciples. And there are people that you are, you know, that God will use you with. There are people in your lives that God's going to use you. And there are people in my life that you will not have a say with, or you you won't have influence with, but I will. And same thing for you. You will have influence with people in your lives that I could never touch. And so it's that hope and exhortation of saying, you know what? Let's get back to what we're called for. Yeah, we can come back and worship, right? We can come back and you know, enjoy the uh, wonderful time of singing. I love singing with you today. It's great. You know, but we've got to go beyond that. I, I can't leave today and think, okay, now I, I've done, it, it's been wonderful. Let's come back again next Sunday. No, it's, it starts today when we go. It starts where we, we're, we're on the lookout for those who are hurting. I might not be able to save them right now, But I can sure, Matthew 13, I can sure be sowing seeds. And don't get discouraged, my friend. In your understanding of the word, that's what you're trying to do, is sow seeds. And it might be that somebody else gets the pleasure and the joy of leading them to faith in Christ. Just join in the hallelujah chorus then. Great. And lest we forget, it's by prayer, right? It's not because I've got a polished presentation and I've got my patch uh, on being able to do what I can do on leading a person to Christ. No. It's just being ready. Are you ready, follower of Christ? Are you ready? Are you ready to sow some seeds today and tomorrow and through the week? My brain kind of goes swirling around with a number of issues that we need to cover on Sunday mornings. But I know that. You know God's in control. I praise him. That he's the one. That's doing his work in you. Let's be like that. Thessalonian church. That they took the word of God. And, and it wasn't as if it were. The word of men. They, they believed it was the word of God. And it changed their lives. And so. Let's see what God will do here. This week. Will he use you uh, in in helping someone come to faith in Christ? Yeah, he he will. So we'll we'll carry on next week with this uh, challenge, okay? Let's pray together. Lord, we bow before you and recognize that in our own strength, uh, we fall short and we fail. But as we bank on you, as we trust in you, as we lean on you, Lord, you will do a great work. And we we just long to see that, that you you are at work here in Fallon. And whether it's through Parkside or other churches, Lord, that's what we want to see, that you would be glorified. And thank you, Lord, for the hope that we have in Jesus, uh, in being with you forever and ever where we will praise your name forever. Lord, uh, help us in obeying you. Help us in honoring you in our lives so that our testimony and our, our, our conduct are in accord, are in harmony with you. Help us, we pray, for your sake and your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.